Elvis was, was was too much hungry for a peanut butter, a banana, and bacon sandwich. So this match needs to hurry up, apparently. <laughs> Elvis has left the house. I knew it ever since I, I heard his name was going to be Elvis. I'm like, bring on the Elvis jokes. <laughs> Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and I have a PSA for everyone listening right now, uh, regardless of whether you're from Sacramento or not, but just everyone who follows the sport that we all love. Let's please stop playing in baseball stadiums because it's hurting the sport and we're not able to actually witness a true, authentic soccer, football, football match. So, USL, I know you were going to actually get rid of baseball stadiums, so... Let's leave baseball stadiums to baseball, please. All right, with that being said, let's go ahead and introduce the crew that we have tonight. And first, I do want to introduce our special guest that is joining us here on this episode for the first time on State of the Republic podcast. John, welcome to State of the Republic, John. How's it going? Very good, yourself? I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, Really glad that you're on. I know all the listeners have heard about you, so now they can actually hear you as well. (laughs) Now I can't hide, huh? (laughs) Yeah, a little too late now. (laughs) I think there's going to be a numbers war coming up. You know, who's going to do the best math, uh, you know, with respect to everything stat-wise, because we've got a couple of brainiacs there. Jared and I can just sit back and just kind of go, wow. (laughs) Yeah, my my brain's already going to hurt with with all this uh, open cup math. So, yeah, I'm I'm just going to sit by. Well, Sharon, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, thank you, uh, Luis. I'm doing great. I had a 20 mile bike ride like an idiot in the wind, but I had friends that were that I was going with. So um, my eyes will probably uh, be I'll be paying the price uh, overnight for a 20 mile windy ride. But I'm doing good. Everything is good. Coming up roses. Jared, what about you? Well, at the time of recording. uh, Yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll just leave it as that. but nonetheless, thank you, Sacramento Kings, for a great year. Uh, but other than that, uh, already in the hundreds here in Arizona, so I'm uh, preparing with the sun hat I've got of my Port Adelaide power. Probably going to put to good use here in Las Vegas. But uh, other than that, doing good. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear everyone's doing good. And glad you mentioned that, Jared, because, you know, it's a shame that Kings weren't able to move on. But everyone in Sacramento should be really proud because they gave the Warriors a heck of a series too. And I think a lot of us thought, you know, if we won one, great. But I mean, man, winning the amount of games that we won, especially winning at San Francisco was quite a game the other day. So I just hats off to the team. And you know what? Hopefully Sac Republic can also, you know, write on that success that they did reaching playoffs. Well, with that being said, Sharon, go ahead and introduce our special segment. And now, one of my favorite segments, Glosses of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some Glosses of Gratitude. So yes, on Glosses of Gratitude, I'll just jump in right away and just praise the Sacramento our team for doing well at Open Cup and then also for uh, bringing us a Joseph A. Banks tie over the weekend given the squad that they put on the field to start with I thought that things worked out really well and you know I'm going to gloat a little bit because Luis has been picking Sebastian uh, Herrera for his uh, person that's going to score the first goal and the one weekend he doesn't do that (laughs) guess who scored our goal and our first goal was Sebastian Seba scored the scored the goal. But anyhow, gloating aside, um, just really grateful that the squad has done really well. And I'm also really pleased that John Crawford has accepted our invitation to be our guest tonight. So thank you so much to him, Jared. What you got? Well, as I kind of hinted to earlier, I'm yeah, my, a lot of my glasses of gratitude go out to the Sacramento Kings this season. Uh, just real quick. Nobody would have expected us to have a winning record, let alone take the defending champions to a seventh game. We, the result may not have been the greatest, but you know, I, I was, I'm still proud of our Kings, so thank you very much. Uh, also, uh, lots of gratitude go out to, once again, uh, John, for 
being gracious to join us. It's been looking forward to this happening for quite some time, so I can't wait to get into it, it uh, here. See what see what he uh, g- gives us uh, awesome good tips on, especially speaking about to Huddersfield Town as well. Also, go out as a gratitude. Go out uh, to Republic FC once again for at least one of us owning a Bay Area team. Well, I know we own a couple, but uh, also for sticking it out against Tulsa. Granted, it was a draw, but you know what? We're still undefeated in the league so far. We're still undefeated against FC Tulsa all all series. So, gotta love that. Uh, those are some of the biggest ones I've got. Uh, how about you, Luis? So, first of all, thank you, John, for for being on. That's the first loss of gratitude there. And then, second of all, thank you to Sharon for live streaming the match against Oakland in the Cup again. Really appreciate that, Sharon. I know a lot of the listeners share the same uh, gratefulness because uh, the team just couldn't pay those $12,000 just to (laughs) allow us to properly watch it on TV. And it was a heck of a game, and we were able to enjoy it there. Luckily, it didn't go to extra time, right? Because otherwise, I mean, your phone would have been super hot, I'm sure, from from that, you know, portable charger. So uh, thankful that that didn't happen, and we were able to move on from there. Also, another one goes out to Devin Kerr for actually drawing us at home. It was the very first team that we got drawn, and he allowed us to make sure that we weren't super anxious, right? Trying to figure out who that second home team was. But happy for Monterey as well for being able to host LAFC. So you got two USL teams that are going to have home advantage, and hopefully they take advantage of it as well. And then one more goes out to Lee and the Stockton Cargo because... They actually accepted our invitation to be on a live show and they're going to be on our Facebook and YouTube pages on Tuesday. This Tuesday, 6 p.m. is the start time. So if you haven't bookmarked your um, invitation there to join, then go hop on YouTube or on Facebook. Make sure you activate the reminders and tune in to find out what the cargo is going to be like this season and all the things that they have planned for that home opener, which is actually going to be happening on Saturday at 1 p.m. versus Oakland Soul. And if you haven't gotten your tickets, get them. They're only $5. So come on, you can't beat $5 tickets. Or if you want to be standing there like $3.50. So come on, it's more expensive to buy a beer at Harhell Park <laughs> than to watch a full 90-minute soccer game. So go take advantage of that. Buy your gear, all that stuff while you're there. And that's all I got. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun having Lee on, on again. It's always a treat when, when he's on. I mean, it's, it's always a good time. So, John, what are your galoses of gratitude? Anything besides the fact that you also watched the live stream? No, that was the number one issue that I had was Sharon and your, your crew. Thank you for the uh, live stream. I was out of town and could not make it. Uh, so that was very, very, I'm very, very thankful for that. I'm Another, a little crappy. I, I have to admit, John, it's just like sometimes I wasn't following the play because I was too busy, you know, getting distracted, you know. We, we, we noticed, but that's okay. You, you got, you got the goal, you got the goal, and that was important. But, uh, and another thank you that goes out is to actually, believe it or not, to Malik Foster for scoring a goal that happened to drop uh charleston out of the uh undefeated so that you know that was kind of nice to uh, see and you know again and i just you know a shout out to monterey uh for hosting that i think they've got a really good chance uh on that one because they uh lafc has a number of extra cups that they have to play and they're they're not in they're not going to be very well rested if they try to play their first team you know, that's interesting you would say that about Monterey. So briefly walking by Todd on the way into the Open Cup match, commented on, because I watched Monterey decimate San Jose Earthquakes in the in their their first Open Cup match, literally decimate them. They, look, it, they don't look like the Monterey that we're used to, and I have to hand it to them. When I walked by Todd, I said, I'm a little scared about Monterey, a little nervous. You know, if we ever do meet up with them, I don't care if it's league. Well, we will meet them in league. But when, let's just say we draw them, let's say they win, they have a chance, John. I think you're correct there. But if we have to play them, we're going to have to, I mean, we're going to have to 
be ourselves, you know, and just really go after them. So I just wanted to throw that one out there. I totally echo everything about Monterey Bay. They're good. And Todd kind of <laughs> nodded when I was like, I'm a little nervous about them. Okay, Luis, take it away. Yeah, I think Monterey Bay is going to be uh, quite a team, right? Especially when we play against them uh, in the league. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes too. I mean, we're hoping that in the Open Cup, that's the next opponent that we would have if we advance and, you know, kick some MLS teams out and have more USL representation, even though, you know, this hasn't really been the the cup for the underdog, sadly, is, is what it looks like. But hopefully, if it's not us, it's someone else and we're able to, you know, give them game as, as we did last year. Well, let's go ahead and talk about a couple of different things, Try. We're going to cover Open Cup. We're going to cover yesterday's match against Tulsa. And also, uh, John will talk to us a little bit more about Huddersfield Town, what the situation is looking like now that they're caught up in games played and what the scenarios are like. So y'all don't have to do the math. We'll have the math here for you. So Open Cup, Sharon, you were there. Again, you were sharing all of what, all of what was going on. We get a goal Nick Ross scores a banger of a goal, right, for that 1-0. And if anyone hasn't seen it, the team actually put it up on their Instagram page, uh, which is uh, really neat that they did so there. So at least, you know, we got that. We didn't get the broadcast, but, you know, we had someone there taking video. And it was kind of a good shot that they had, right, being behind the gold net and just capturing, again, just a banger of a shot, right? I mean, what goalkeeper is going to stop a shot like that? It was going straight in, right, Trin? It was so on a rope. Nobody was expecting that. Nobody was expecting him to pull, to pull the trigger like that. Seriously, we've been we had been watching that match, and there was a lot of buildup, a lot of passing, a lot of uh, shifting sides, point of attack. There was a lot of that, and there was a lot of crossing. You know, just to kind of find guys on point, try to see how the finishing was going to go. That was a freaking out of the blue shot. I think most of us were stunned. You guys in the chat are on the. I was out loud saying, did I get that? You know, you all, you all remember me asking, did I even get the goal? Because I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting more of a play in the mid, you know, in the, in the attacking third, I wasn't expecting. So I was hoping that my camera for you guys, you got to, you got to see that, but it was intense. I mean, to have Nick Ross, who saw limited minutes last year, come out, and do that. Remember, he was injured at the beginning of this year or recovering from injury at the beginning of this year. And just to have him, we all felt what he felt and what the team felt. And then there was a little bit of bus parking. You probably hear my sister during the whole entire broadcast that I, you know, the whatever it was, live stream saying, no, we can't park the bus. We've got to keep attacking. And it's kind of like, well, you know, it's in the, we're the 75th minute. What, you know, we'll send Luther up. Come on. <laughs> yes. It was a little bit of, uh, a, a little bit of mayhem, but you guys, what did you think when you saw the replay here that Sac Republic posted? Oh man, that, that team was on a string. I mean, he just bo- boomed it from pra- practically Rancho Murrieta. I mean, that, that uh, blast, I mean, Paul Blanchett, you know, he's definitely a good, a good uh, goalkeeper, but even he couldn't really stop anything like this. I mean, this is exactly what we needed for from Nick Ross. I mean, like you said, he didn't really see a whole lot of time last season, but I think this is what gets him more minutes. Uh, these calculated yet still deadly goals that he's putting in. I mean, get a few more of those. I mean, oh man, it's all over. I don't remember who our forward was at that moment, but uh, if you notice, he's making a run and that freezes the keeper uh just a little bit he goes out and then all of a sudden realizes it's to his left i want to say it was seba but i'm not 100 percent who was making that run yeah, um, it looks it looks like his stride but i i couldn't tell for sure right there it was either going to be seba or russell we'd have to look back and see who was on field at that at that point in time Th- that was russell yeah I could it was tell russell. By, by the yeah. area <laughs> because well, i couldn't uh, tell you once nick shot that you know sh- made that goal it was almost like the rest of the game was a little white knuckly even though <laughs> Oakland did do some pressing later in the in the match and it was a little nervy oh my god talk about kicking fests you know ankles getting kicked you know bodies getting kicked in the referee okay so John and I both watched Huddersfield Town this morning and if I was going to compare the officiating here in the United States to the officiating in England two different night and day 
the the England players they respect the officials and they do what they're told and they they're they're very respectful and like if the throw in is supposed to be ten yards back they do it and they don't keep trying to inch up. I swear to goodness we need to tighten up our officiating if we are going to match that level of I don't want to say courtesy on the field but rule following because we were getting we were getting hacked and whacked around the ankles that whole match a lot of gasps in the crowd every time you know somebody got smacked um you know it just it's different it's just different john did you notice have you noticed that the the matches even at the championship level over there in the english football league they're more respectful of the officials well there there's two reasons one you know they do have some quality officials that have you know really you know been in the business for quite some time the other is that the uh, FC, the fe- their federation, reviews every single game. And if they don't like what people are doing, they find them behind the scenes. And, you know, whether it's a club fine or it's an individual fine, uh, you know, there's, they, send out, they send out private letters and say, take care of this. You know, you know, don't make it public at all. And all of a sudden you find people are all respecting them a little bit more. You know, when they had the big... Bruja, I think it was last year, with the female uh, uh, lines person, she got a lot of respect th- thereafter, because there were there were some that was actually done publicly. There were some public fines on that one, but also there were, both clubs got fined uh, behind the scenes. Oh right, where well, she was touched. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and disrespected. So anyhow, moving on, that was the uh, the match against the Oakland Roots. Uh, it ended up at the very end, and I caught it, I think, on the video when uh, uh, Darish Formella disrespected the center official who – it was a female. We had a, a female center on, uh, you know, on the, on the match against Oakland Roots, and my hunch was there was um, something very disrespectful, disrespectful said. Uh, she was a little bit all over the place with some of her calls, you know – Initially, she wasn't calling certain fouls, and then all of a sudden she was. So I don't know if it was because the aggression was escalating as the match went on, and so she was really trying to nip things in the bud. And so that being said, Derek got a red card, but it doesn't matter. I mean, Open Cup is over for them, but he was he was sent packing with a red on his shoulder. Yeah, but that red will carry over to next year's U.S. Open Cup, shall he, uh, if he does uh, participate. So we have to remember that. Yeah, and I'm not really surprised for. I mean, Dark was always a, a short-tempered guy. <laughs> we all know him, right? When things weren't going his way, he got the yellows and he pulled the red here, right? And it's something that I think he he hasn't really learned, right? But I mean, we know there's some of those players that just maybe just never learned, right? <laughs> yeah. So one last thing let's talk about is Carlos Saldana getting a clean sheet. Dude made a couple really fabulous saves. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was really cool. And even after the match. He said, that was a lot better than the time before when I played. It was kind of like, um, I did better, right? It's like, yeah, you got a clean sheet against Oakland. So, yes, that was way better, dude, you know, as opposed to four goals against you. So, Yeah, I, I mean, we had a much better team, right? And the, the starting yeah. lineup was like night and day from the last one. And I'm glad, right, Coach Briggs, he learned his lesson. He knew, like, <laughs> I, I'm not going to be playing <laughs> some academy guys. And they all did a great job. And I was glad to see Aldair actually um, get another starting opportunity there because he's earned it. And we saw him at Tulsa as well. So the guy's getting minutes, cup and league. He's good. He He's he's good. He knows what he's doing out there. You know, and this gives um, Dami a little chance to rest because he's still a little funky. Yeah. So that was that 1-0. We move on in the Open Cup to the round of 32 and... We are going to be playing an MLS team. That game is going to be happening on Tuesday night. So no more Wednesday night games. And I don't know when the last time was that we had a Tuesday cup game. But apparently, I think it is mainly to help Colorado out with their schedule and all that. But it'll be on May 9th, Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. against Colorado Colorado Rapids. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, get on that uh, wait list too. Tickets might already be on sale maybe on Monday or sometime this week, I'm assuming. So just get on that because I'm sure that we're going to have nearly a packed house, if not a packed house, because it's an MLS team coming to town. And we all know how those games uh, are like, too. So 
go out there, cheer on the team, because who knows if we move on, if we'll be able to host uh, in the next round. Again, it just depends on the draw and haul that goes down. So moving on from Open Cup, we move on to yesterday's game that, like I said in the intro, was unfortunately played in a baseball stadium. If we thought our games in baseball stadiums were done, they weren't because Tulsa plays in one and it was a really bad one, right? I mean, there's been ones that maybe aren't as terribly bad, like maybe Las Vegas Lights, but man, the one in Tulsa, I don't know if you guys saw how the ball bounced, but we were so close to getting scored on before we even scored. If you guys remember that time when the ball bounced, you know, you got Danny that was a little bit out and the ball was going to help the players score the goal, right? It was going to be a baseball pitch goal, not really the guy who's going to shoot it. So what did you guys just think over all the match and that pitch that we had to go through? Number one, I hate baseball diamonds. I'll just say right, right square up, right? Unless they can put the field on the entirety of the outfield, screw it. I don't like it. Anytime we played anywhere, it doesn't matter where, the the field is much narrower. It's a little bit shorter because you know, you've got to fit a sock field on a baseball diamond and that's hard. And anytime you have to lay a sod down or fake whatever on, on the infield, on the dirt infield, and then how do you get rid of the pitcher's mound? It's just, it's a big, it's a mess. It's, it's not fun. We've witnessed horrible things. I mean, like when I used to work for the Republic and we go up to Reno, the guys just, you could just tell they're frustrated. They keep the outfield a little longer in baseball fields than they, and it's a different type of grass, John, right? A totally yes. different type type of grass. It's, it's a whole different feel than a, the grass is longer. So they have to, the players have to work harder to get the ball out of the grass. And it's just, it sucks. I, I sorry, don't like it. Hope it's outlawed in the future. Everybody has to have a soccer specific stadium. Yes. Sometimes ours gets trampled by concerts, but it recovers pretty quickly. You know, the nature of the grass that we have is a blend and it, it's worked out really well. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the goals themselves. And yeah, just like you said, Sharon, earlier, Sebastian actually decides to score <laughs> when I don't predict him scoring first, which isn't a bad thing. Hey, if he keeps scoring every time that I don't predict him scoring, then I'll keep doing that. So that way we keep getting goals. So <laughs> you're welcome, everyone. But Let's talk about that goal that Sebastian scored. And, you know, Shane Wheat spots him through, right? And also, I think just spots that the goalkeeper is maybe out of line a little bit, but also notices Sebastian's probably got a good chance to pull a run. And that's exactly what he does, right? Long pass. Sebastian was pretty quick. And if you're watching on TV, or which probably I'm sure everyone listening probably was, right? But uh, the cameraman was a little bit slow, right? At capturing the whole thing, which I had some issues also with the camera angles. And but that's probably, you know, another story there. But Sebastian manages to beat the goalkeeper and does get a hit there. Luckily, it wasn't anything too serious. But I don't know if you guys are worried. I was a bit worried when I didn't see him stand up. And I was like, oh, no, come on. He just literally just recovered from an injury. Let's not have him out again, right? It's not a time to get more injuries, but he gets the goal. What What did you guys think? I mean, did they just catch you by surprise that we got this goal, especially because of the cameraman? Yeah, this definitely uh, caught me off guard. I mean, I'd seen the chase start going and then a little bit of brouhaha and all of a sudden I see the ball start rolling in, in, into the net just after it uh, arced a bit. So, But uh, there was talk by the broadcaster saying that that should have been a, a red card against FC Tulsa with the collision. But either way, you know, the goal still stands. You know, it still works for us, and uh, hopefully he's uh, feeling a little better after after that knock. I'm sure that goal definitely helped uh, soothe some of that pain away. John, what do you think? Well, the team had had gone to more trying to work the uh, the long balls out, uh, out a little bit more, uh, and Shane has just he's learned how to make a really good outlet pass, and when he has the opportunity to kick it hard and far. He does a really good job on it, and I'm really impressed by his his efforts. And then the the goal was just, was just fun. I mean, just you know, I was I was I was screaming, and I know a lot of people, other people were, but I was staying in my seat because we we you know I I, I try not to move when I'm when I'm watching a game because 
you know, the only time I've moved was that one open cup match. And that, that, I don't want to have that again. <laughs> well, and what's funny is you were watching from home. So hopefully yeah. you just stayed like if you were on the couch, you stay on the couch. You don't move to another chair. But exactly. Um, yeah. Now, I will have to say the broadcasters themselves, because I had to rewatch it on ESPN Plus because I totally spaced out the start time of this match. So I watched on ESPN Plus. I will have to hand it to the broadcasters. They were actually decent. You know, this this time around, they didn't flub up anybody's names. Uh, they got names accurate. Uh, it, it actually was a, a much better broadcast. But, you know, knowing that Seba has done this now, he's a smart player, right? He's not a spring chicken. He's a little bit older. And what he did do, you know, I know he was taken out like at the top of the box or just inside the box. Notice how he rolls to inside of the box. So if there was any question, we don't have VAR. So if there was any question, if the ball had not gone in, he's inside the box down on the ground writhing in pain, right? So if the ball had not go in, he was probably thinking, oh, maybe I can draw a PK. So he's not dumb. Let's face it. Dude knows what he knows what he's doing. I mean, we've seen Jack Gurr take a dive in the box. Sometimes it gets called, sometimes not so much. Keko, same thing. You know, they get tugged on and they go down on the box. But uh, um, John, I echo your sentiments about Shane Wheat. Uh, he has really shown what he's all about, right? He's an East Coast product. He has proven that he belongs here, that he's of the caliber and quality that Sac Republic would ex- expect. And your brother, Jared, Jared, is also showing up well for us. It makes it really nice. Lee Desmond can pretty much sit back on the easy chair for a bit if he needed to, because we're we're doing well. We're we're doing really well. I miss Roro, but with Nick Ross stepping up and stepping in, and Arnold Lopez and Matt and Luis Felipe filling in, I think I think we're going to be I think we're going to be okay. Miss the captaincy on the field. I think that was a little bit of something, a little, if we were to say what was the secret sauce that was missing in this match, well, number one, Russell didn't start. Number two, Roro wasn't on the field. But that's okay. I think we're going to be all right, right? Tell me you're, Tell me all you're, we're going to be okay, please. No, we, no, we're good. We're good. I mean, it, it sucks not having Roro in the field, but, uh, you know, he's he's got his recovery he's, he's doing, and, I just know sooner or later he's going to be back on the field, you know, yeah, doing the way he does best. But as far as even with this situation, I'm confident. We're good. We're Gucci. And going back to what Jared was saying earlier about the uh, broadcasters mentioning that it should have been a red card. I mean, at the very least, this should have been a yellow card. And I know it happens often to where a goal kind of erases any situation, right, to get a yellow card. But to me, that doesn't make sense, right? Because had he not scored that goal, it would have been a free kick press, and then he would have gone the yellow card. So why is it that you score a goal, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what, they got the goal already. Don't give him the yellow card when it should have been, right? Like, I feel like Rev saw that already. He can't say he didn't see it. He should have pulled a yellow card. Why is it that we're not pulling yellow cards when there's goals? It just doesn't make sense. Elvis did not have a good game. Oh, Sharon was going to... Say something on there too. I think there's an Elvis Presley joke coming through. No, I just think he's killing me. <laughs> Elvis was, was was too much hungry for a peanut butter, a banana, and bacon sandwich. So this match needs to hurry up. Apparently, Elvis has left the house. I knew it ever since I I heard his name was going to be Elvis. I'm like, bring on the Elvis jokes, <laughs> but yeah. So that was that. Didn't get the yellow, but at least we got the goal, and that put us up in the second half, 54th minute. All was great for us. We were up in the scoreline despite the circumstances with the pitch. But unfortunately, we weren't able to keep it right. We know that Tulsa just came at us, all that, and we had some missed opportunities, right? But unfortunately, you know, we just didn't get them, and they end up getting their goal. In a set piece, right? And we know we only had one goal against, and all was great, right? We were getting all these clean sheets, but the way I always say it, you're bound to eventually get scored on, right? We might have a really great defense, all that. Things are going to happen, but uh, it just, you know, makes you actually realize that for the future, let's be a little bit more concentrated with those set pieces because 
the guy who ends up scoring the goal was right there. Not really marked as much, right? I mean, that goal shouldn't have happened, but but it did, right? What did you guys think? Well, unfortunately, the guy who scored the goal's name was Moses Dyer, and it, nothing like having the sea of black parted by Moses. A little biblical reference. Sorry. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's an eventual thing. I mean, you have a streak go go that long so, somewhere, somehow, someone's bound to end it, and unfortunately, Tulsa just doubled up and. Uh, took advantage and you know tied the match up so, but uh yeah there's only so much you can do and either way that's still only two goals uh, allowed and we're in, in deep in the season as we are so that's still very impressive yeah i mean that that is really an impressive thing and you know what at least like you said jared you're making us feel better we're still undefeated this was a tie but Luckily, we didn't get our first loss against Tulsa, right? Because of, of all teams, and you said it in the last episode, Jared, we've never lost against whatever Tulsa is called. <laughs> no matter what yeah. name of Tulsa, we haven't lost against them. Yeah, we've owned them as the Tulsa Roughnecks, and we continue to own them as FC Tulsa. Yeah, G- got to miss those Roughnecks, right? I mean, those Roughnecks were like really great. How many times do we get to see goals scored against them? Unfortunately, they rebranded, but <laughs> those are some good old days. So that was that. 1-1 was the final result. Uh, again, good result for us at the end of the day. It is an away point, which I go back to it every single time. Any points that you get away are valuable as long as like you keep getting those three points at home. Grabbing a point here and there away is good for us, too, because you don't lose all the points. And so as it stands, we are still in first place overall, not just in the West, 18 points and eight games played with five wins and three ties, 14 goals scored, two goals against, and just quite an impressive uh, tally there with the goal differential as well. So if we're ever looking at goal differential as a tiebreaker, we're pretty good right now. We just have to keep it up. If we lose, don't lose by a lot. Keep that good goal differential going on. Uh, and then following us in the West is Colorado Springs, or I should say Colorado Republic with 16 points. Then you got San Diego Loyo with 14 points. And then downward, you got El Paso and then San Antonio. Jared. <laughs> downward, you got El Paso from being and in first San Antonio. 13 points. Jared. And then you got Monterey Bay still you know, keeping right there in mid-table. 12 points, and then Phoenix is trying to make themselves, you know, into that top five with 10 points, and then you got Oakland, eight, and so forth there. And, of course, Las Vegas still in last, but they have a couple of games in hand, so can't quite make a judgment there quite yet. But, uh, yeah, Phoenix is doing a little better, right, Jared? I mean, looks like they're starting to pick things up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think this – I know it's – gets said every couple of years, but I think this new uh, stadium move might, it might work out for them. I mean, th- I mean, being right now in the, the midst of uh, Phoenix city limits, I mean, it, things are picking up for them. They've actually held their own and actually took uh, care of uh, Loudon, which unfortunately, uh, even the local broadcasters are doing worse than Luis. They're calling them London. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know Luis uh, kind of gets it as loot on, but, I, I had to remind AZ family it's uh, Loudon, Loudon. But either way, the, uh, Phoenix is done with them for the year, uh, more than likely. But still, this is shaping up to be a great season uh, so, so far. The fact that Republic FC are the only club with a double-digit goal difference. Only a couple teams come close, but maybe up to eight or nine or so. So we're doing good th- this year. We're doing good. I would add to that, Jared. I mean, I had no idea that they were allowing uh, UK teams in the USL now, right? If there's a London FC that is playing, right? Like, I mean, that's interesting. We're allowing European teams. It'll maybe help the league out. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. As uh, a yeah, USL, there's probably going to be no way they could even afford uh, a team <laughs> in the UK. I mean, we, we just lost uh, Ottawa Fury a few years ago as well. So, but there's more expansion to come. <laughs> yeah well the AZ family team definitely wants it to happen right so <laughs> but yeah so that's the table there and I mean in the east the next team that follows us is Birmingham Legion 
16 points and then Charleston Battery at 15 and Charleston Battery as John reminded us earlier got their first loss so now we are officially the only team in the entire USL that has not lost the game and what better than to get a former Republic player to actually be the one who ends Charleston Battery streak like Malik Foster so they Malik did good beating them <laughs> we appreciate you Malik I think John was the one who brought that up. Thanks, John. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I was just wondering, though, switchback. Is there anybody on the team that is, isn't a former Republic player? <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> if if they're not a former Republic player, maybe they've trained with us, you know, coming through the ranks or something like that, you know. Interesting that we do call them Colorado Republic, <laughs> but look at where they are in the standings. Yes. I wasn't expecting their recovery after, you know, the spanking and things like that, but they're holding their own in second place in the West. Not a bad, not bad. And I know they have, with, I have a lot of respect for Drew Scundrich. I I know him. Mm-hmm. The respect for him comes and goes, but he did score a goal recently. And the dude, we remember how he was when he played for us. He had a bottomless tank of energy. He could run and run and run and run and run. And then after a game, he could still go run and run and run and run and run. That's what you need out of somebody in the midfield. And, you know, we have Luis Felipe who fulfills that role for the most part, you know, the run forever kind of guy. And then also have really good vision and, you know, distribution. But I will say, they they're looking good nervous about them nervous about monterey bay those are my two teams that i'm a little i'm a little nervous about anyhow so that's the table thanks guys (laughs) (laughs) well moving on now to another table which you know i'm not as excited to see and i'm sure well maybe sharon you are right because you did get a point too but jared was the winner overall this past week and then I say that, you know, someone was going to actually get a bunch of points in these two games and the standings could look a little different and they do kind of now look a little different too, even though Sharon's still leading the way. But podcast winner dinner competition. First, let's take a look at the Sacramento versus Oakland game where Jared is just killing it in Open Cup, getting the points where Sharon and I are not getting anything despite having, you know, like four point opportunities. We're still not getting it too, but Jared ended up getting two points. One because Oakland pulled the first yellow card. Another one because he was sure that there would be no extra time. So he gets two points added on there to the scoreline. And then in this game yesterday against Tulsa, I took my chance. I said it in the last episode on saying that Tulsa would pull the first yellow card. Unfortunately, Sebastian... He didn't just score the first goal and made me not get a point, <laughs> but he also pulled the first yellow card, made me lose another point. <laughs> so Sharon and Jared get the point with Soccer Public getting the first yellow card. So standings, Sharon leading the way with five points, and now Jared and I are tied at four points. So anyone's game, I mean, this is crazy. It's really close. Uh, it's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a good fight, but we got to talk about something. Roro might be out for a long time, if not a long time longer. Um, when we get confirmation of what's going on, let's talk about how when you have a when something like that happens. Because I picked both Roro, I picked him for both the assist leader and leader of yellow cards, and he was leading the way on yellow cards until. Arnold showed up and then you know that happened. So we'll we'll talk about that offline, but dang it. Yeah. But it's unfortunate that that happened. And <laughs> I'm screwed. I'm totally screwed. But we might actually have a rule where if someone gets injured, and depending what the diagnosis is, right? If he's gonna miss out most of the season where he might be coming back the last two weeks or something, then we could probably all have what just one backup, right? Because if everyone just keeps getting injured. <laughs> Well, I was saying, I was saying I had to pick one of yours, you know, I I would have to pick of of the players that you guys have already picked, that would be it. So, you know, for leader of yellow cards, my choices are going to be Shane or Luis Felipe, because that makes it fair because, you know, 
it, it it's not skewed. It's not like, oh, Arnold Lopez. I already see that he's leading. You know, it's kind of like I think oh. I have to, I have to pick one of your guys' guys for each one of them. So anyhow, we'll talk about that offline. Maybe we'll Rochambeau <laughs> on uh, you know before our open cup match. But yeah, so so now we have to pick we have to pick our I mean our stuff for open cup. <laughs> it could end up being it could end up being that, Sharon. It could end up being that. We'll see how we'll open cup game. <laughs> you've picked last. You've uh, showed your cards last these last couple times. Notice how I gave a little Las Vegas reference there, John. Um, yes. Luis has to share his hand first. Yeah. Well, Elvis Presley, Las Vegas. I'm surprised we're not playing the lights this weekend or, you know, in, in two weeks when we play again. But yeah, uh, it didn't do so good. Me picking my cards last in the last two games. <laughs> but uh, maybe, you know, my luck changes with actually being able to pick first. But in this match, it's going to be a tough one. And I'm going to have an unpopular opinion. And... I'm going to go back to what we said last year where I hope I'm wrong. I really hope. Please prove me wrong. I don't want to be right. I want to lose all the points. <laughs> I don't mind just losing out on everything. But I see the score ending up 2-1 in favor of Colorado. Uh, first goal score, only goal that we would be getting in that match would be Luis Felipe. And if he's not in the pitch, then I would see Jack getting the goal. First yellow card is, I think, going to go to us. And then extra time. I don't think there will be extra time. Can I hope I'm wrong? Please prove me wrong. I don't want to see that scoreline. I want to see see it the other way around. Okay, I'll jump in. I'll go the other way around because that's actually what I had. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I have it two one Sacramento, um, but it is extra time. We are going to get the goal in uh, in you know the extra minutes. No, we don't go to PKs because we're just going to do it in extra time, not regulation. Luis Felipe is Mr. Open Cup, isn't he? Yeah, although he's proving us wrong in the last two matches because you've said Luis Felipe in the last match, Open Cup match, and then Jared said in the first one. So who knows? Yeah, this might not be his cup or he might be overdue one, right? (laughs) Oh, stop. Oh, my goodness. So then Arnold, no, Seba. Is he injured? Okay, I'll do Seba (laughs) Russell. So I'm going to do Sebastian and then Russell. If Sebastian is injured and doesn't see the pitch. And then I had first yellow card is Colorado. Okay. All right. Oof. We're opposite on every side. Yes, sir. See, I'm going to take a recent theme of uh, Republic FC playing against California teams. I'm going to say 2-0 Republic wins. First goal, uh, goal score, I believe, is going to be uh, uh, Russell Cicerone. And if he doesn't get it, I'm going to say Luis Philippe. Eh? You mean if he's not starting or it doesn't see the pitch? Yeah. 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 Actually, you know what? Let me let me backtrack on that. Instead of Luis Felipe, I'm gonna go with Matt, Matt Lagrasa. So Ha Lala. And I'm gonna say Colorado gets the first yellow. No extra time. Okay, all right. Interesting. I think we're gonna play balls to the wall, so <laughs> you know, we have to. Yeah. Although we are gonna have a long break, just like you mentioned earlier and I mean, that's our next game, right? That's why we're talking about it here on on the contest because there is no USL game the following weekend. So it could either benefit us to have so much time off or it could hurt us, right? When you're inactive for so long. But I was suggesting maybe do a closed door scrimmage. I don't know, pick a local team, maybe Sacramento Gold. <laughs> um, like on, a fri- on the Friday before the Tuesday. Yeah, that would be ideal. So I don't know if they're going to maybe do something like that or... I don't know, but it would be nice. Just you know, get get some get some of that you know match day feeling at least being practiced because that game is going to be quite an intense one. It's definitely going to be even up, and who knows? I mean, we're taking a chance, say no extra time here. So I think you might be getting the point, Sharon. <laughs> we'll see. We're taking the chance, so we'll John, see what do you happens. Like my picks? Do you like my picks? Are you cool with my picks? Yeah, I, I, I would have had a 3-1 sack. I think they're going to come out right off the bat after being off uh, a week. So they're going to come out totally fired up, uh, full, fully charged. And uh, we'll probably be out 2-0 right out the front. And then uh, they'll come back and then we'll have to get one near uh, towards extra time. I'm not towards, yeah, towards extra time, but uh, uh, at a time, excuse me. 
And then, uh, yeah, I, I have Sac Republic get the first one, though, first yellow. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a little more optimistic this this time. I know yeah. I wasn't last year during Orlando. Uh, and so, but this one, I think Colorado, I, I think they're just, they're, they, they may go through the motions. Yeah. And I hope they do. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. See what kind of official we get. <laughs> well, and remember, we're hosting, so we're buying the officials. I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> at this point in the round of thirty-two, you know, it's not going to be quite as cheesy, you know, as as the <laughs> first couple rounds where you know we provided the officials because the <laughs> Open Cup is very different than regular league, you know. So this will be fun. All right. Having well, said all that. And moving on and having some time off and time to breathe. Everybody gets a weekend off this coming weekend. But there's a team that is still playing that we love and adore. It's our sister team across the pond or our brother team. I don't care. Sister, brother, family um, across the pond. And one of the main things uh, having John on board with us today is to talk a little bit about what's in store for Huddersfield Town to either stay up in the champion's uh, uh, level or get relegated. So, uh, you know, there's a lot at stake. Luis, what do you think? I think it's good that they finally actually got their game and, you know, two games left. It's really dramatic because how it stands, you know, sure, you might look at the standings and be like, hey, there's really mainly one team that could really hurt their chance, right? Or I should say maybe two teams, right, that are battling it out with Huddersfield to uh, make sure you actually uh, stay in the championship. But it's going to be quite a hectic last two games. And we already said it last match could be the one that defines everything. But hoping it's not because uh, as much as those matches are fun, it's not fun when it's a team that you actually want to see stay, yeah. right? So let's have other teams, you know, battle it out for relegation. But John. John... Yeah. <laughs> It's all John. Well, Tell us more, John. As of, as of this morning, Huddersfield needs one point. That's all they need in the last two. Their their first game on Thursday is against Sheffield United. That's where uh, Neil Warnock uh, coached a number of years. As I, I mentioned, that uh, he's probably going to get bigger cheers than the team uh, when he comes in because he one he took he took them up uh, one year, and then another time he saved them from going down. So, you know, he's, you know, being 74, I think, or whatever it is, he, he's been into, with a lot of teams a number of times. But uh, I don't see Sheffield, Sheffield's already going up. I don't see them putting anybody but their their B squad out there. And as hyped up as uh, Huddersfield is, or as, as town is, excuse me, as the locals call it, uh, they... Uh, uh, I I see them getting the uh, point on uh, Thursday. They get the point on Thursday, uh, the following Monday's moot against uh, Reading, and Reading goes down Thursday night. So we'll, we'll, hopefully that's that'll be the scenario. But uh, uh, you know Blackpool and Wigan are gone. They've you know already bit the dust, partially thanks to uh, some uh, you know, EFL uh, penalties. That that always helps. But uh, the, the win this morning, the full three points, was just huge, absolutely huge for them. Uh, they have only lost one game in the last eight, I believe. And, uh, you know, when they were at the, I think, the bottom of the table, they were something six games down in the, uh, uh, in the relegation zone, and they have only lost one game since. So that, you know, that shows what uh, – what one good coaching can do, and two, a little bit of pro rel doesn't hurt. Uh, you know, to get people in a little more intensified. Uh, they had over they had over seventeen thousand seventeen hundred people at the game today. You know, away. taking away. Yeah, away game. They had ten free buses, and then they ended up chartering an additional five or six that that cost people. But uh, you know, people paid for it, so it was it was kind of interesting to to follow what they were doing, and it, it was a you know, fun fun match to watch. Uh, I've always I've always been a fan of Danny Ward, who got nicked today, but uh, he's uh, one of their forwards, and so this was kind of fun to 
pick up and start looking at Huddersfield again. So, but the numbers are such if if they do not get the point this uh, this week, then they'll go into Reading. Reading has the possibility of jumping past them with a win. Uh, with a tie, Reading probably takes it because I think the the next break uh, break is the uh, goal differential. And um, well, actually, the goal differential now uh, it goes it goes in uh, Huddersfield favor after this morning. Uh, I forgot they, they they broke that way. The last the last thing that is tiebreaker is the number of goals scored, and that that's where Reading oversees jumps over them. So I think um, as long as they don't lose, if they don't lose on Thursday by two or more, uh, they can get a tie on Monday. Oh, is, is the tiebreaker also head to head? Is that the first no. tiebreaker? Or is the goal differential? First tiebreaker is goal, uh, goal differential. Is what I've been told. Oh, okay. Oof. Yeah, and they're they're right there, really uh, close by two. I know Rotterdam right is another one that is right there, just one point behind. And I mean, they play tomorrow, right? So that in the event that they don't get the point, that they lose against uh, Reading. I mean, Rotterdam could be the other way to save, right? They could. Uh, they play Wigan last. Uh, I think Wigan proved uh, what you know what they could do uh, uh, over yesterday. Uh, that they still can be can fight, but the um, I still think um, you know I, I, at least all the pundits and at least from what I've seen with Rotherham, I guess they're called Rotherham. <laughs> it, it's sort of just all blurred together. Right. Uh, they uh, they will probably get uh, uh, at least uh, two points out of these last two games, and probably and more likely three on the last week, last day. So I I don't really count them as you know being the one. They they have to lose both, and then Reading has to uh, beat Huddersfield. So that's that's the one thing that could send them down. Was that math that I just heard? Just a little bit. A little bit. Little, little bit, little bit of math, little bit of stats. They, 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 they stick at forty six, and the other two would end up at forty seven. But we don't want to see that. Nope, we yeah. do not. The, the numbers are really close. I mean, wow, uh, this is again what happens with pro rail. Sometimes, like you get teams that are almost even and like goals scored and points and all that happening all at once there and. It's going to be quite a dramatic close, unless again, like you mentioned, they just get the point on Thursday and you know send Reading home. Sorry to all the Reading fans, but <laughs> we want to see Huddersfield <laughs> uh, stay in the championship. And you know, at this point, it's just balling it out against Sheffield. Hopefully, they try and go get the win because you know what better than not even just depend on one point and just save yourself by one point, but actually go out there and get the win. And like you said, luckily. Sheffield is already qualified already, right? They're moving up. Uh, there's no one taking away that from them. So at this point, it's just more for the data, right? To just say, oh, we got over 90 points, right? Because they have 88 points because, I mean, they can't even uh, reach first place at all now. So, yeah. So also, you know, how, how well uh, Middlesbrough will be fighting against uh, Rotherham is, uh, it's interesting because they they may be trying to go for the uh, home field advantage in the uh, playoff for the for the advancement. Uh, Luton Town also plays tomorrow night, which is actually tomorrow morning for us. So they don't play each other; they play. Uh, Luton Town is Paul Buckles, one of his old clubs. Yeah, um, they play play Rovers tomorrow, uh, and that's um, they're they're also you know they're, they're also going for the uh, the number one seed basically uh in the in the final tournament so between them and uh, middlesbrough we'll have to see how, how that happens how well they do but the, you know that that may push rotherham down a little bit but they again they go against wigan in the last game and i i can't see them not getting at least one out of that yeah that they probably will be getting that too but we just said it again huddersfield town you just need one point and if you only need one point out of six points, I mean, what better scenario than that, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, See, not and, that it's, and, yeah. And if you want to do more math, you know, Rotherham 
even if they only get one point and tie, and there's a three-way tie, they they unless they lose by eight to uh, Middlesbrough, uh, they're they're going to go up. I mean, they they're going to stay because they end they end up in twentieth uh, spot. Yeah, they have the better goal differential than both of yep. them. So I mean, yeah, they're feeling pretty good. I'm sure having that and all that else there. But yeah, Huddersfield and Reading, though. I mean, that goal differential minus eighteen, minus twenty. That's really close. I mean, yep. <laughs> hopefully, if Huddersfield loses, it's just by one because you don't want to, you know, hurt that because then then that could be a whole different story, right? So yeah, then then it becomes the World Cup uh, scenario: <laughs> tie, tie or win, and you go forward. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's interesting the geographic location of um, Huddersfield Town, which is in North Yorkshire. And uh, and Reading and all the other places, no, it's not easy to get around all the way. You know, once you get out of London, once you get out of the area, Reading's in the London area, and it's really hard to get out of London if you're driving or even if you're on a bus. So it's it's a long trek. And they talked about the announcers talked about how John, you had mentioned it. All those buses had to make they had to, the fans had to leave this morning. Uh, blazes early, like three or four in the morning, because it takes forever to get to Cardiff, which is way down by Wales. And it's it just, it's an amazing travel experience getting anywhere in England, uh, number one, because they drive on the wrong side of the road. Kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Rebecca Lowe, if you're listening to this. Public transit is hard because you have to take like a multiple series of, of trains and buses and, and things like that. So it's not an easy trek if you're a traveling fan. It's not an easy trek for fans from other squads to travel to you. So the distance between Reading and uh, Huddersfield Town is not an easy track, put it that way. You, you, you can get to Leeds and you can get to Manchester. Trying to get from anywhere else, that's that's you right. almost have to go through those two. Right, and you can get to Newcastle and you can get to Middlesbrough, but, yeah. you know, and Swansea and those places that are right there, right around North Yorkshire, and there's places that are easy, but... Everywhere else is not easy, so I have to hand it to, you know, it's it it's like when there's only like when C, uh, Central Valley Fuego was the only West Coast team, and they all had to travel last year to East Coast to play any of their matches. I mean, you had to feel for them, man. They were like, and then traveling fans very rarely went because it's like you had to take a plane because you can't drive cross cross country in a day here in the U.S. So, anyhow, very and, interesting and, and over there. Go ahead. And a, and a personal uh, suggestion to uh, our owner, who shall not be named, uh, in order to keep the EPL from ca- causing any problems. Uh, Hung, Hungbo, who scored their first uh, goal for them, is on loan. Uh, you know, I think uh, Huddersfield needs to, you know, make that loan permanent and sign them next year. Sweeten the pot a little <laughs> bit. Put a little sugar on it. Yeah. Get them. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Find find a way to hang on to them. Find a way to hang on to them. That's right. <laughs> so Luis is going to be transitioning. Um, I know we all three of us regulars really appreciate John, you coming on at like the last minute. We just basically told you today, hey, we want to talk about Huddersfield Town. You ready? And you so, <laughs> so jumped on it. And we really, really appreciate it. Right, guys? Absolutely. In fact, I, I even remember seeing um, an unnamed person uh, with, with a Huddersfield uh, town hat uh, at, our, at Golden One Center. I really wish I knew who, who that person was, but I that, saw that was a snazzy looking hat. I'm going to have to get me one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, John, for uh, letting us know all about that. And uh, yeah, we'll be watching right. their game on Thursday is when it's happening to Pretty good time, right? If I'm not mistaken, eleven forty-five in the morning for us. So, uh, it, yeah. yeah, and that's if they put it on. Uh, that's still questionable whether ESPN Plus will will do so. Um, and so that's you know they don't have it currently listed, uh, but I but because it was a rescheduled game, they may not have thought about it yet. Oh, okay. That well, hopefully they wrong. do because that yeah. that's going to be quite a match to watch. So <laughs> ESPN yep. Plus don't fail us. For sure. Uh, just yeah. like Bleacher lunch. Report has failed us already. But <laughs> yeah, lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one last thing, because 
as I mentioned at the beginning, USLW kicks off this weekend, and one of our teams, Stockton Cargo, is going to be playing their match against Oakland Soul. Talked about it already, too, before. This Tuesday, we have the live show with Lee and their head coach of the Stockton Cargo, Sia. So just tune into that show. It should be really great. I believe a player might be joining us as well, but we're still trying to figure out um, if that will be the case or not. But it'll happen on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Facebook and YouTube for the podcast. Tune into that. Again, they're going to be playing against the Oakland Soul at San Joaquin Delta College. Get your tickets now, $5 each. Other teams, aside from Stockton Cargo, we also got Academica, their USLW woman's side. They aren't going to be hosting at home, but on Sunday, on May 7th, they're going to be traveling to the Bay Area to play against the San Francisco Glens SE. That game is going to be at 3.30 p.m., but then they're going to have their home opener the following Saturday on May 13th, once again against San Francisco at 7 p.m. So there is that. If you want to go watch that game, it'll be then. And then the California Storm, they're going to have their home opener a little bit more later on. Or I should say even not just home opener, but their first game in USLW. Uh, I'm not sure why that's the case, but Sharon, if you know anything more, let us know. But they're going to be playing against Pleasanton Rage on May 21st at 7 p.m. is that game. So, yeah, it's May and USLW kicks off. Yeah, it's excellent. And just piggybacking on that real quick. Uh, the the gala that was originally scheduled and we talked about it last time for I think it was May 18. Uh, the gala for the California storm has been postponed. So just want all of our folks that listen and that care about that to know that. And John actually lives closer to Stockton than I do. So you know <laughs> if you needed a plus one, Luis, you should you should talk to John about going to the Stockton Cargo SC versus Oakland Soul. I'm curious how Oakland Soul. About that squad. I have my granddaughter that day. Oh, so. congratulations. You have your granddaughter that day. That's right. <laughs> so. Us olders have things like that. Not me, but somebody like you would. But but I, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch it one of these days. And one more thing to add, if anyone is going to be watching the Academica women's team play on those days, uh, the men's side, and out in USL2, right, making their debut in that league, is also going to be playing on the same day. So if you go catch a game, you can catch a game for both teams. So same day, May 7th, May 13th, except uh, their games are going to be starting uh, two hours before uh, the women's team uh, games. So go catch two games for the price of one, right? And support Academica twice. So if you're in the, in the Bay or if you're out in Sherlock on May 13th, then go check it out. It's always fun to go to an Academica game. And I keep mentioning it. it. It's the best Central Valley experience you could ever find because it's literally in the middle of different uh, agricultural you know, activities. And you got the church there for Academica and you have a really good pitch. In fact, probably one of the best pitches in the Central Valley even, you know, competing against Harhall Park's pitch. Like, they do a great job maintaining that. you got to go experience a the game there. Oh, man, I still wish Academica was playing against FC Tucson. Oh, all these uh, geo-locking divisions in, in the leagues. Ugh. They, they shouldn't have them, right? A USL League 1 doesn't have them. They make, you know, Fuego travel <laughs> across the country. But, yeah. But hopefully they do play later on, right? I mean, if they both do good, hopefully they meet each other in a the playoffs so all right well once again thank you john for uh being on the show here with us any, any last final words i'm honored to i'm honored, honored to have been invited thank you really appreciate it sharon jared oh my goodness well now that the kings are out of it i'll just keep saying go sacramento republic fc and thank you everybody for tuning in and listening to this and uh if you are inclined to watch Huddersfield Town, make sure you, uh, and you need to start a chat group, make sure you include uh, John Crawford in your chat group because he's our, he's a little bit of our Mr. Huddersfield uh, besides a person who shall not be named that could potentially be the real Mr. Huddersfield, which we hope happens soon. <laughs> well, the B may be laying dormant until the next season starts. Let's still keep the energy up. You know, get out to a Republic FC match, get out to a California Storm, Stockton Cargo, Academica SC match. They're all going to need our support. So let's will them on to greatness this year and let's light the old glory red beam. Oh, I wish we had a beam.
<laughs> we might as well get one on top of the Cal Expo water tower. Oh, yeah, that would be a good spot for it. Yeah, but we keep asking for it. Hopefully they listen to us and <laughs> make it happen because imagine that it would have been lit quite a few times already this season, right? We would have had it so much. So yeah, yeah, one day. But my last final parting words, like I mentioned, go support the USLW clubs this weekend, especially Stockton being that it is their home opener. There is no Sacred Public game on Saturday. We have the whole weekend off. So if you're able to make it out there, make it out there. Uh, weather should be pretty good. It should be in the low 70s on Saturday. So even though the game will be at 1 p.m. in Stockton, should be perfect weather for playing the sport. So should be great. I am going to probably be doing an Instagram live of our State Republic 12 Instagram page. So if you haven't followed it yet, go follow it. There's a way to activate your notifications so you can actually uh, get notified when we go live. So whether it's me, Sharon, or Jared that end up going live wherever we're at, you'll definitely want to do that so you uh, know when those things happen. But it'll happen on uh, Saturday so y'all can see what it's like being there at a game and what it's like if you plan on going to another game because they're going to have multiple games throughout uh, May and June and July too. So definitely tune into that. and. Uh, Go support the cargo. Well, thank you everyone for listening to the episode tonight. We greatly appreciate your support. As always, go Republic, go Central Valley teams, all the different teams out there. Really happy to see y'all start your seasons up. And you'll hear us next week when we cover the game against Colorado Rapids in the Open Cup. Or I should say probably the following week after that, we will have an episode on that Wednesday. So We'll give our thoughts on that match and give our predictions for the match the following weekend. So have a great morning or night whenever you might be listening to this. And you'll hear us in the following week here on State of the Republic podcast. Hear the music. Well, everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode. And as always, thank you. What is it, Sharon? <laughs> How did CB Fuego do today? They, their match was at four. Oh, that's, uh, that's a good... Real, real quick, little ticker uh, i didn't i didn't want to mention it but they lost against uh knoxville oh yeah okay. it's uh but there was a red card though they got a red card in the ninth minute so Ugh. it's rough yeah that's yeah that they was must be using the thing. same referees we use <laughs> yeah usl referees you know how that goes yeah and hopefully you open cup referees not as well but <laughs> hopefully not but we have bad refs throughout the country no matter what, at what level. So, yeah. That's All right. Well, thanks for letting <laughs> us find out about the CV Fuego. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and restart that next word. <laughs> Anybody else have any parting words? <laughs> All right. I think we're good. <laughs> well, thank you so much, everyone, for always listening to our <laughs> episode. Oh. <laughs> I right. didn't. That wasn't me. It wasn't my cat. <laughs> Yeah, your cat hasn't made an appearance in a while, right? It's I'm surprised. Well, no. well they they haven't been walking across because this is what this is what it is. This oh, is- they're sleeping. Oh, that's the only way that the, nothing the, would be happening. <laughs> the boy is sound asleep. He's a big chunk. Oh. He's my chunk. <laughs> All right, here you go. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Hold on, Debbie. Uh, I still got your cat. <laughs> your what? cat's image. Was- oh, did I freeze? <laughs> Oh, no, you're good. You're good now. No, I just, that was was the last thing I saw right now. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) All right, here we go. Loyo with 14 points. And then downward, you got El Paso and then San Antonio. Jared. (laughs) Fifth place.